Are you building a green business that works for you and for the planet? Season 3 of Where Ideas Launch walks you through the process of ideating, creating, developing and scaling a green idea from start to success. I leverage my experience along with the experts and micro-entrepreneurs running green business models today. Join us for this short series of 16 episodes of Positive Business Impact for Change. Today's guest is Austin Casso. He's originally from Oregon and he moved to Indiana from New York after graduating high school in 2009 to pursue his passion for agriculture with a vision set on revolutionizing local food systems. Through his campaigns and contributions, he was named top 10 local food hero in the state of Indiana. In 2014, he created the first sustainable living group on Facebook which has grown to be the most popular group on the subject with almost 100,000 members. Sustainable Living was featured by Facebook and Austin was voted one of the top 50 sexiest environmentalists in 2021. Last year, he founded a new digital media platform exclusively for sustainability called Striver, which has already listed over 100 sustainable businesses in over 40 categories with a goal to populate the world's largest all-in-one repository for green brands and campaigns. He believes in cultivating purposeful connections that empower people to shape a sustainable future. Austin, welcome finally to Where Ideas Launch. Thank you so much for inviting me to your show. I appreciate it. Yeah, it's been almost a year now that I've been in your community and I first joined because I wanted to get the word out about what I was doing, but the community was was so active. It was so passionate, so convicted in what they were doing and it was really impressive. It was already over 50,000 people at that time and it's just been growing astronomically ever since. I guess my first question is what really sparked your passion for, for sustainability? What got you into this? Uh, I remember back in high school in around ninth or 10th grade, is when I started to really develop uh, an understanding for what I wanted to uh, pursue after high school. I was already thinking about my future and well, really what I wanted to contribute to society. And it was based on just all what I was observing. And, you know, I wanted to help alleviate uh, poverty. I wanted to really support the pursuit for uh, social and and civil and environmental justice, uh, to put, put it in a nutshell. So, you know, I've read a lot of books about a lot of different things from, you know, philosophy to uh, Buddhism to, to economics and even uh, cognitive science. And uh, so, I, you know, I've kind of developed a, a worldly perspective as I was growing up. And then Around that time in, in high school, I decided that I wanted to go to my cousin's farm in North Carolina and experience what it was like to actually live and work on a homestead. Uh, that's what they had. I mean, they had 100 chickens, cows, they had a whole fish pond, they had goats, they had a huge acre of vegetable garden, you know, all sorts of vegetables, very biodiverse. I mean, they would unload a whole uh, pickup truck first of uh, manure and we would shovel it we'd st- stand knee deep in the manure and shovel it into the uh, garden and spread it around. And I mean, it was a workout from, from uh, morning to night. And I, you know, I grew up on Long Island uh, where I spent most of my time playing video games on the computer after school. And then, but it just wasn't, you know, it was, a, it was something that made me happy, but it just wasn't t- totally fulfilling. And what I discovered from working on the farm was that it was fulfilling in such a way that it, it changed my life uh, in such a way that it actually, when I came back, 
my grades improved radically. I went from being a C and D student to a straight A student. So, and then it just continued on into college. And that's when I uh, had decided I was going to move to Indiana to study agriculture and be more involved with urban farming. And I had such an energy and passion that ignited from that time, that time in uh, North Carolina, that uh, making headlines in Indiana right away, just my second year of college, I already had made the, um, the college magazine. Well, it's, it's an incredible story. I think I share a little bit, the snippet of that. I used to be in the farm with my with my grandfather, and it's something that I took for granted because I was very young at the time. Um, he had what, what I considered to be a huge forest. <laughs> um, you know, when I think about it now, and I go back and visit home now, it doesn't look as big as I remember. But he would spend his entire day there, so he was already retired. He'd wake up in the morning very early at six a.m. He'd do his prayers. Then he'd go straight to the garden, he'd come up for lunch, then he'd finish off and then he'd rest. And that was the cycle every day. You know, this was this was part of the thing. And what was nice about it is that the neighbors would bring food as well. So there would always be this food swap going on. Um, you know, if, if the neighbors were doing chickens or having some type of vegetable and my grandfather was doing fruits and avocados and stuff like that. And it's really different, the kind of the quality of the life that you live when you have such a community, when you have such a spirit and you could never be like just quietly in your home and alone where that's what I feel now that we sit quietly in our homes struggling all alone. In March 2020, your group was still at about 3000 people. What happened? In uh, yeah, in, in 2020, it's, you know, it had stagnated for years uh, since I started in 2014. It was I think it was more along the lines of 6,000 people actually um, in 2020, but either way, uh, it had rapidly started growing uh, to 20,000 people in just a couple months at the beginning of 2020. And I, I think mainly it was due to the pandemic. I'm not sure. It's just, it seems that it correlated directly with that. And then, and then, you know, every time uh, there was like uh, another, you know, climate event, you know, like a hurricane or a snowstorm, you know, like what happened in Texas, there is a huge correlation between what happened in Texas and huge growth in our group at that time as well. And then the recent hurricane, we also had a huge spurt uh, that brought us from, a, you know, another 10,000 members, you know, in addition. So it seems to correlate a lot with existential crises. Yeah, definitely. And as sustainable entrepreneurs, you know, I know we're all about sustainable living, but at the same time, being an entrepreneur, you have to have some sort of a relationship with money as well. And we, we struggle with this. I think in general, a lot of the sustainable businesses that I meet struggle with converting their idea into something that sustains them. And it's not just about, you know, making, making the capitalist dream. It's about making a sustainable living from what you're doing. What are your thoughts on how you can create more value and monetize value for your incredible community? Yeah, so uh, I think that was the one thing that I tried to avoid for the longest time because it made me sort of uncomfortable. You know, I, I was very, I pursued the business of urban farming in Indiana. So I wasn't uh, unfamiliar with business or pursuing a campaign or, you know, doing things for profit, but 
really, you know, it came to the group, I just, you know, I, I didn't think of it as a, a way to create a monetizing scheme or, um, you know, I, di I just didn't, you know, didn't really understand how I could use it in that way. But I, I understood that the group itself was becoming more and more impactful. And I wanted to figure out a way to actually leverage the impact that we can make as a group. And that's what led me, you know, I was observing, you know, well, how, what is it about this group that, that can actually, uh, you know, serve people that's useful in a way that can also help build the momentum and leverage our impact together. So it comes more so from that perspective of less, it's, it's more about the people than it is about the profit. And, but you still have to make money to, to drive it forward. So that's, that's when I, well, I was starting to see that, you know, the, the most common thing in our group is that people are asking what, where is uh, an all-in-one source for sustainable products or uh, crowd funders or, you know, blogs that I can uh, find and support. Um, Cause you know, people are always saying that they're looking for looking on Google and they're having no luck. And um and then they're also, you know, trying to understand, you know, what are, what are people's, you know, what are people's businesses in the group that they can support, you know, uh, they, you know, they want to, they're part of a bigger community and they want to support smaller businesses and, you know, sure they can, there's a way to do that on Amazon, but at the same time, a lot of people in our group are just not a fan of Amazon and it's a growing trend that, you know, well, Amazon's just not the, you know, all in one answer. So. And we're trying to come at this from a less bigger corporate agenda perspective. You know, it's, we're coming at this, uh, you know, we're the smaller guys, we're the underdogs. So it's more meaningful to us. And it, it allows us to also give back more because uh, we have a niche market that we can really focus on. And so that's where I got the idea to create Striver is to collect submissions for businesses and then, you know, also to promote them in our group. Cause that was also a, a big thing that people wanted to do uh, was promote their business in our group since it's so popular and it's such a niche market. It's, there's a huge incentive there for uh, sustainable brands, you know, to post their content. What have been some of the challenges in managing such a large community? Have you had any challenges? Oh yeah. Uh, from the very beginning, it wasn't so bad, but then as it grew rapidly, we had more and more people involved. And so we had more diverse views involved. And so there's a lot of clashing between different perspectives on what is considered to be sustainable. And I can understand that, you know, I'm sympathetic to everybody's cause and, but I still want to create a space that was inclusive for everybody. And sort of that sometimes the aggression can turn a lot of people away. So we had to really focus on moderating the group, you know, from a sense of it, you know, enforcing our rules, which are, you know, respect everyone's views and, and be kind and, and civil in your comments. And I had to develop a team and our team is actually, you know, largely responsible for helping to maintain the positive environment that it is in. Uh, people are really appreciative of that. And, you know, it's something that also people say that they can, uh, can't find in other groups because, you know, they say other groups, uh, admins don't care as much about the conflict. And, um, you know, a little bit of controversy and such can, can drive engagement, but, you know, it has to be respectable controversy. Yeah. 
It's it's an interesting one. It's it's something. It's the one thing that kicks off in my group. My group is usually just really businesses trying to help each other, but there there are sometimes maybe just a few people who would come in and say, well, you know, you can't call your business sustainable if you haven't done everything. Like, don't call it sustainable. It's greenwashing. And in some way, I kind of empathize with that. Like, I I can identify with what they're saying because. We do call out the big corporations for their little slip ups. So as we progress in our journey, you know, it's it is a journey. It's a journey at the end of the day, and none of us will be perfect. But at the same time, it seems too black and white. <laughs> so this is some of the the things that spark up definitely for people. And and I think the other thing I would say that I see in my community is a bit of I would call it decision fatigue and a bit of climate anxiety and decision fatigue of always having to check everything, vet everything. You can't find the right suppliers. You can't find the suppliers who are ethical enough. Um, and how do, you, how do you sort of support that side of it if it comes up? Yeah, so, you know, I think giving everybody an equal say or an equal avenue, um, it, it allows for just, you know, humanity to be the final judge of what is sustainable. Uh, because, I mean, what is sustainable is just, what's going to sustain, you know, and what's going to carry forward. So if it's, uh, and there's a number of ways you can do that. So it's people are learning. And I think the biggest thing about our group is that it exposes all of those uh, different perspectives and exposes, you know, the facts behind them, the experiences, and it kind of helps people understand what, what the reality of sustainability is, what that conversation looks like on a more worldly basis. And so, you know, as we're, you know, for instance, with our platform and I have, you know, similarly multiple businesses who, you know, may look at each other differently, but they're all one way, one way or the other, they're trying to pursue a, a, a positive impact and they're, what they're doing might not be hundred percent perfect compared to someone else. But, you know, if we all help support and direct resources and, and channel, you know, our support through you know, these avenues to, you know, support all these businesses together, you know, on a platform like ours can help everyone else achieve their goals and strengthen their own sustainability goals. Absolutely. What's next for Striver and how can others get involved with what you're doing? There's a, you know, there's a lot next for Striver, I want to say, but right now, you know, we have some exciting recent uh, updates that, you know, are, are soon to be published where, you know, members can uh, now create single listings and uh, if they want to be discovered on our platform, uh, but, you know, they're, they're not really ready to promote or they don't have a budget for a marketing campaign, you know, they now have an opportunity to uh, create a single listing. And then later on, I don't know how soon we can achieve this, but it is the next stage of things is where we're going to create more interactive features for free members on our website to for example, follow businesses on our platform and get notifications when they submit new content. Uh, so that's an, you know kind of another way for people to uh, get noticed on our platform. And then we're going to continue to find more ways that we can create interactions on our website between members and businesses and uh, create at, you know avenues and opportunities for businesses to actually help uh, improve their uh, marketing campaigns, you know, through through our platform, you know, they can. We're, we're looking at building in uh, more services later on, like a more one-on-one consulting, 
still very affordable. And the goal is to really just help small businesses improve their campaigns uh, to get better results when, you know, when they're promoting on our platform. That's great. I have one final question for you. Yeah. Are you fulfilled? Absolutely. I am <laughs> more than fulfilled. I, I, you know, I gotta say I'm, I'm so uh, happy about this platform being successful um, because a year ago when I first started it, it was, it was like a, a, an arts and crafts project, you know, where I was just felt like a scrapbook of things that I was trying to put together. And I was just like, is this really going to work? But no, it's like the concept of it. I just kept building at it and building at it. And it's finally shaped into something uh, really, really fantastic. Congratulations on all your success. I'm really in awe of you and really admire what you're doing. And I wish you the best of luck as we continue on. Well, thank you so much. This episode was brought to you today by the EcoBusiness Growth Club by Catherine Ann Byam and by The Space Where Ideas Launch. The EcoBusiness Growth Club supports positive impact SMEs with coaching, know-how and community support toward achieving the impact and reach they set out to make. You can find out more by connecting with Where Ideas Launch on Instagram or following the hashtag Where Ideas Launch across all of your social media.